Well, good morning, church. Good to have you with us again. Uh, just quickly before we get into James today, I just want to let you know, you can probably uh, tell just by looking behind me here that things are starting to change a little bit around here. And that's because we're heading towards our in-person services on July the 12th. So uh, hopefully you've all heard that announcement by now. But if you haven't, that's the plan. We're going to have three services each Sunday from July the 12th onwards because we can only accommodate up to 100 people at a time. So I just wanted to let you know that there's a whole bunch of information that surrounds that, which we won't, I won't get into right now, uh, but there'll be some more information available for you on our webpage, on our Facebook page, and we'll email things out as well. So just be aware of that. There's more information to come. All right, on to James. You know, this, this walk through James, it's, it's been really good. We've kind of been going slowly through it. Uh, it's been challenging to me, and I, I hope it's been challenging to you as well. Uh, but it, it's this call from James to consider our faith. You know, is it, is it just stated words or is it real? Is it lived faith? Uh, week one, we looked at this idea that, you know, James called himself a, a slave to Christ, which is a little bit hard to understand at first. And so we looked at what that, what that really means for us. Week two, uh, we talked about endurance. You know, remember the four T's? Um, trials and temptations and troubles and testing and how those things can, can build endurance for us. And then week three, last week was about being slow to anchor. And that was, again, another challenging one. Thank you, James. Challenging, he's challenging us every single week, uh, which is good for us. And I heard back from some of you uh, this, during the week this week about uh, how you felt like God was kind of helping you to think about those moments of anger that you might, you might feel and, and that you might uh, demonstrate to people at times. So that's great as well. And this is week four. And the topic this week actually is discrimination. We're going to be in James chapter 2, verse 1 to 13. And so I've just asked uh, our intern, Jacob, to read that to us today. Thanks, Jacob. Today's Bible reading comes from James chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favour some people over others? For example, suppose someone comes in your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewellery and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonour the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed. It is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures, love your neighbour as yourself. But if you favour some people over others, you are committing sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's law. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you.
All right, thanks, Jacob. So right there in verse 4, James uses this word discrimination. So let's talk about it. Discrimination is quite simply, you know, favoritism. It's showing favor or it's favoring one person or a group of people over another. And it usually comes from a place in here that's not good. Another word is prejudice. Another word is bias. You know, this topic, uh, just to be really honest, it's challenging for me this week. It's really important, though. You know, why is it important, you might ask? Well, because it's actually important to God. You know, we just read the scripture. James is challenging us about discrimination, about prejudice. So it's important to God. So it's important to us. You know, Jesus really did live a life on earth that, that crossed many divides. He really did challenge long-trenched divisions and prejudice. And we, we see examples of that all the way through the Gospels. Paul was the same way. He and, and, and the early Christians, the early missionaries, they had to challenge the same kind of prejudice that, that was part of their culture. You know, they, they, had to, they went out into the, the Gentile culture, being, being good Jews themselves, they went out into the Gentile culture and they had to learn what it was to, to love that, that, that group of people that in their previous time, in their previous life, before they knew Jesus, they would look down on, they would perhaps see them as, as less than them. You know, remember in the first week we talked about the audience that James was writing to, you know, these new Christians that, that he was writing to. They, they, had, they were Jews, they had this Jewish culture and, and background, whereas Paul tended to write to, to Gentiles. There was, there was a bit of a difference there. So here's James talking to his own group or tribe, talking to them about discrimination. He's saying to them, it's not compatible with a life that follows Jesus, with faith in Jesus. The way we live should reflect this command, show no favoritism. And you know, not even show no favoritism, it's change this here, change the part in my heart that, that maybe is living that or experiencing that. Can I just say this before I go any further today? You know, I'm preaching to the church as I always do, but I'm preaching to myself first. I'm not, I'm not standing on a platform and pointing the finger at any one person or, or any group of people. Okay, I just want you to hear that. I'm staying in the word. So let the word speak to just you today. And I'll let it speak to me. This message is for us because if there is one group of people in this earth that should be the most inclusive you know, the least judgmental, the least prejudiced. It, it is us. It's followers of Christ. And I say, should be, because if James had to raise it, apparently he discovered it's not always the case in the church. So as a follower of Christ, I ask the question, what does his word challenge me on today? You know, am I willing to ask myself some hard questions? Am I willing to pray the words of Psalm 139, these words, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Then this bit, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, it's a big call to pray that prayer. 
Are we willing to let God point out anything that offends him? To do that, you have to have no defences up. So I invite you to start with me with an open heart and, and open hands. You know, God, search my heart today. Challenge me if I need to be challenged. Let me be more like you. You know, I sat down and I thought of some of the ways that we can show bias or discrimination, you know, maybe even unintentionally. So some of the areas that, that I'm thinking of uh, in, the, in the areas, that, you know, the obvious ones are, are, are race, um, ethnicities, cultures, tribes. Uh, the second one would be in the area of different religious beliefs around the world. The third one is, um, you know, different political alignment or, or ideologies. The fourth one is different socioeconomic status or, or you know, even appearance uh, or education. Sometimes we, we can do discrimination in, the, in those areas, different, different intellects. The fifth one is in different genders. And, you know, there's a bunch of them. I'm sure you can think of some more. And within those, there's, there's all little subgroups as well. So each week, I've been asking this question, is it obvious to others that I love Jesus? And so in the context of that, let me just twist that question just a little bit. Is it obvious to people who are different to me that I love Jesus? from not just my words, but my actions around them. Do they know I love them? Because that's the first step to them knowing that I actually love God. Here's another question. When there is an injustice done to another group or, or to another person who, who's different to me, does that group or, or person know that I love them and therefore love Jesus? Or do they not know because maybe I don't say anything, maybe I stay silent. You know, the current events in America are relevant to this. You know, they've spilled out around the world. And yes, I know some people have done a lot of bad things in response to what happened to George Floyd, but let's not let what they're doing, what that small group of people are doing, you know, that sin, let's not let that drown out the sin that we need to talk about that James is talking about. So I'm not going to talk about discrimination, but so, sorry, I am going to talk about discrimination, but you shouldn't hear anything that I'm not saying. Can I, can I just say that again? Please don't hear anything that I'm not saying today. Black Lives Matter might seem controversial and political in some ways, but the meaning in that simple statement that Black Lives Matter is true. And there is nothing in that statement alone that we as Christians could surely find to disagree with. I know it's now associated with lots of other things. It's been co-opted by different movements, but the underlying cry in that statement is from a group of people that are saying, sometimes through my lived experience, it doesn't feel like they matter. That's just what they're saying. You might be tempted to get defensive because all people have struggles and experience forms of bias or discrimination in some forms. So the temptation, you know, is to list all of the whatabouts. But why do we need to? You know, if I hear my fellow human beings, black brothers and sisters crying out in pain because they experience 
discrimination in ways I don't, you know, what is my response as a Jesus follower? How does my faith express itself in that time? And I include in this the many groups of people we listed earlier, of course. You know, James highlights the discrimination that, that can occur between rich and poor. That was very relevant to his time. You know, it was, it was something that was very much on their minds. But the principle of that, it actually applies across the board. James specifically said, this is an example. The principle applies across the board. So what should we do? I say, let's stick to David's psalm and be open and willing to allow God to search our hearts today. And if God does find anything when he searches my heart, I'm going to allow him to point it out to me so that I can change that I can deal with it. You know, this is a good thing, all right? It doesn't make us a bad person. It means that we're listening to God. Now, I know this church is filled with loving people, but today let's be even more willing to find a way to be more like Jesus and have a heart of compassion to all people. This brings me to my first point today. When it comes to overcoming bias, number one, be slow to speak and be quick to listen. James 1 19 says, you must all be quick to listen and slow to speak. You know, that, that's a direct uh, verse from last week's sermon when we talked about anger, but it applies very much to what we're talking about today. You know, this is one of the, the fallbacks of, of doing a sermon series through a book of the Bible. You know, you take chunks, um, but they are all in context together. And so it's important to remember that. The problem often is that when people speak up about their experience, we're not good at listening sometimes. You know, we fail to put ourselves in their shoes and and really hear their hurt and pain and and try to understand it. You know, we rush to speak. I remember once, you know, I had an Indigenous friend who who shared something on on Facebook, an experience that he had had. And, uh, you know, people replied... Even, even Christian friends saying you shouldn't be a, a victim. You know, you have to get over it. And I just thought it was the wrong way to reply. Shake my head. You know, why not have a conversation and hear why this person would feel this way? Maybe compassion and understanding is the step to that person's healing. Not just to dismiss their pain with all the whatabouts. What ifs? We start by listening, which brings me to my second point, kind of connected to the first one, which is this, consider their story. What if we took the time to hear the stories of those who are homeless or battling mental illness before we judged? What about those who have arrived here from far-flung places like Iran or Afghanistan or Eritrea or the Sudan or any other place of the world where... You know, freedoms are limited. It's, it's hard. And I promise you, there are stories that will sadden us and amaze us. But more than anything, though, when you hear how people have had to live their lives, you know, it opens our hearts to them. Everyone has a story. And often hearing and considering that person's story can help us overcome feelings of bias or favoritism towards someone you know, or, or a group of people. You know, young people, can I just say this? Don't be tempted to dismiss the value of the older generation. They've got, they've got stories 
from when they were your age that we need to hear. You know, there's wisdom. They've learned endurance that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Let's not dismiss that because it would help us and it's of immense value to us. Number three, don't take it personally when people speak out. You know, this can be a problem. When someone or a group speaks out about their experience of injustice or discrimination, I think the key for us as Christians is not to take what they're saying as some kind of personal attack on me. You know, if someone says black lives matter, it doesn't mean they're saying white lives don't. You know, I don't, we don't have to take it personally. We can just hear their hurt and be a follower of Christ and listen. Unless, of course, they're telling me specifically it is me, then we should take that on board. The point is that they have a hurt or an experience, an injustice. And we as Christians are, Christians are about supporting, you know, we're about overcoming injustice. We're about God's perfect justice. We're about, we're about healing, aren't we? You know, inequality, we're peacemakers. We're light in the dark because the light lives in us. You know, as, as Christians, God loves human flourishing and so therefore we should love it too. And it's what we're about. So if someone speaks up and you feel defensive, just take a moment and just realize it's, it's not about us personally. They're crying out for help and understanding and our love for Jesus. It, what it really should do is move us to compassion. And number four is make a friend with someone who's different from you. You know, make a friend with someone with a different skin color if you have nobody in your friendship group other than your own, your own group of people, you know, your own tribe. Make a friend with someone with a different religion even. You know, make a friend with a Muslim or, or a Hindu or uh, you know, if you've got no one within your friendship circle who, who is gay or lesbian, make, make a friend with them or from a different ethnic background or different socioeconomic stat- status. Or here's the real challenge. Someone who leans politically different to you. For some reason, that seems to be a hard one for us. Now, listen, church, being friends with someone who is an atheist or of a different religious Religion, that doesn't mean you're betraying God. You know, you don't have to agree with their religion or their lack of it. You can disagree with someone and still love them. Maybe it's harder, but with the Holy Spirit living inside of you, it's possible. You don't have to agree with what they agree to love them. They don't have to agree with you. Some people may hold you to that standard. And if they do, there's not much you can do about it except continue to love them. You know, Jesus said, love everybody, including your enemies. In my experience, befriending people who are different to you is the best way to help us overcome a bias, to change our heart. In fact, it becomes a blessing. There is so much fascinating stuff to learn from people who grew up in a different world to us. Even those who have come from a different background and they might struggle with, you know, with social skills and with life, you know, they might be struggling with addictions. When we hear their stories, we tend to grow fond of them because they're people like you and me, but often they've had a hard upbringing or they've had major setbacks in life, major health issues. What may have been eyes of judgment 
and bias, they can, that slowly fades away to one of love and acceptance as we get to know them. So as I finish, can I just point out some hard truths from James that I can't gloss over? You know, James says this. He says, discrimination in all its kinds is sin. He even goes a step further and he says it's not some kind of lower sin that we think it might just slip under the radar, you know, if I don't say anything, but keep it to myself. All sin is sin. And he says it's as bad as murder. That's what he says. Verse 9, but if you favor some people over others, you are committing sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you've still broken the law. So there you have it. You can't brush over this. It's very serious. And we've got to check ourselves against the word today. And James is saying, the word's saying, the Bible's saying, God's saying, if we have discrimination, if we discriminate against people, if we have prejudice, it's a sin and it's equal to murder. Hey, I'm just reading the Bible, okay? In verse 8, he says, the underlying law of all scripture is to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan clearly points out that our, our neighbor is the person who kind of is the most distant to us, you know, the most different, the most opposite, the one who is not our tribe or, or one that our tribe has never got on with, perhaps. That's our neighbor that we're commanded to love. And that love is how our faith is revealed, the whole point of this book from James. So I'm going to finish where I started. Search me, O God. Know my heart. You know, test me, God. Know my anxious thoughts. Lord, point out anything in me that offends you. Point out anything in me, any bias in me, any prejudice in me, any, even a small one. God, point it out. Point it out, please, Lord. Then lead me along the path of everlasting life. Purify me, forgive me, change me. Why don't we pray into that today together, church? God, uh, your, your heart is for all people, every single one. And you show no favoritism. And so neither should we. And God, I present to you my heart today. And I say, Lord, where, where there may be bias or prejudice or discrimination, if I've ever shown that, forgive me, Lord, and purify my heart and change me, God, I pray, and help me to have the compassionate eyes for all people, you know, the compassionate heart for all people that you had, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us the example, the way you would um, go to different people that... Um, that you know, your, your tribe wouldn't necessarily go to. You showed us the way. And God, help us to be that. Let us be that church. We are a loving church, God, I know. But God, take us to a new level of love, you know, where we, we see all people equally through, the, through your eyes and we love them with compassionate hearts. God, I pray that for me. I pray that for all of us. I pray that anyone that would experience will come across my path 
they come into this church or they, they encounter anyone within your church, Lord, that that would be their experience, that it would be just be a love, an unconditional love like you would have, God. That will point people to you more than anything. We pray for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.